0: want you
1: Podcast, in which we try to keep it motivating, inspirating, and encouraging. I want to thank you for tuning in again with us here and in today's episode, we want to speak about some challenges that uh, a lot of parents seem to be faced with today um subjected to this uh new virtual learning. It seems as though uh, a lot of parents uh find this very challenging um some subject to having to actually even relearn some of the uh the work that um these kids are uh, are having to um to learn or be taught. Some parents um pertaining to their work schedules, and it seems to be very challenging in that aspect. And we have um those who uh, find the children themselves a bit tough to uh to work with <laughs> i guess we call it uh a conflict of interest <laughs> some parents dealing with the teens um seem to be going through uh some of those obstacles uh, dealing with not really understanding the work themselves um because um them probably being out of school for a period of time, and some for a great period of time, and then dealing with the frustrations of the teen, because the teen maybe uh, uh is not so understanding, and um, it kind of adds a maybe a bit more pressure on the parent, <laughs> because they're kind of expecting the parent to be able to be more help or uh, more support, not uh really considering the fact that um you know the parents have you know been out of touch somewhat and it may be a little difficult or challenging for them so i was uh kind of encouraged to kind of touch on this topic because i'm hearing from a lot of parents that um it is a bit of a struggle but now we have two sides to this coin because um on the flip side we have a lot of parents who are actually happy that they are able to do this virtual learning or uh, homeschooling, and the reason why is because I'm hearing that um they're happy because of the fact that they are able to add to the curriculum. And for years, me myself as a mentor and working and implementing programs uh, uh in the school system, you know, I am aware that that has been a complaint um for several years. Um, people have been stating that the curriculum needs to be changed in most of the schools, and particularly in the urban communities, simply because the challenges are a bit greater as it applies to some lifestyle skills, as it applies to, uh, maybe substance abuse, uh, prevention, or maybe as it applies to gang prevention, or, or you know, just all that peer pressure in a whole, because, um, you know, the environment in which they grow up in, um, the youth can find themselves just uh, exiting their homes and running into a handful of challenges. You know, a kid could just be going to the store and and that one run, run into a, a lot of toxic things. You know, they run into, you know, a lot of their peers out there hanging out and there's, you know, uh, uh, maybe some drugs selling. And there's a lot of profanity in the midst. There may be, you know, some other activities as far as the influence of gangs, you know, in which, um, you know, me um, having experience with doing um, gang prevention groups and, you know, uh, actually formed a program myself, um, uh, Gang Awareness. And, um, you know, I get this a lot from a lot of the teens that there's a lot of pressure in that area, you know. These gangs are trying to recruit the young kids and get them you know, get them involved early, you know, and uh, unfortunately, um, you know, a lot of their lives have been lost um, subject to the pressure that comes along with it and kids allowing their peers to kind of substantiate who they are as a person. So um, it's been very unfortunate for a lot of the youth that has fell in those traps. So again, Um, On that side of the coin, we have parents who are kind of happy that along with the work that is being given by the teachers, that they are able to take themselves and add to it. And some of those things that I'm I'm hearing that they're kind of adding to the curriculum is uh, um, for a lot of the uh, um, African-American families. I'm hearing that they're actually um adding black history you know and they adding uh, adding it on a different level to where they're not so much teaching them about the positions of slavery and the oppression that um you know a lot of people from the black culture has dealt with but they're teaching them about uh the the their native country which is Africa and teaching them you know the the times and the periods when they were uh, kings and queens and princes and princesses, and they're teaching them about the uh, uh, the royalty uh, of Africa, you know, as well as all all the riches and all the minerals and all the herbs and, and so forth. So um, from what I'm getting from a lot of parents is that what they're doing is they're actually, you know, and, and, um, showing their children a lot of documentaries. Um, based on this black culture, you know, even even um, showing them um videos uh, based upon uh, inventors, you know, African-American inventors and hopeful to be able to encourage or inspire them um, to greatness um, because and it's understandable because all too often we always see the other stuff, you know, we always see the stuff that's kind of just more discouraging and it doesn't actually encourage, you know, or promote, you know, uh, 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 any productivity as far as um, being proud of the culture, uh, you know, being proud of your your particular race or your heritage. So I, I think that this is kind of a good thing. And then even in a, a Hispanic uh, culture, you know, they they themselves are basically doing the same thing. Some, from what I hear, they're given an opportunity to be able to. Um, add that to their curriculum as well, and giving um, their children an opportunity to be proud of their culture as well. You know, for them to be able to tap in and look at some of the things that some of the uh, you know Hispanic uh, um, uh, natives have done. You know, and and going back as as far as you know, even even in the early days when when uh before computers and before all the technology that we have today you know and um i think this is actually a great thing you know so um i'm really 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 motivated to 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 myself be able to add into some of the programs that i'm doing and um hopefully i can i can actually uh uh propose um some some ideas that I have that can help you know each child um to be able to be encouraged by his particular um race or group you know so in which um with me, I have an experience and I'm grateful that I deal with a variety you know so um you know there's a wide range of different cultures and races and even religions you know that are uh, these youth um are part of that I have access to working with you know and I bl- I think it's a great thing you know because the experiment alone even helps me you know it blesses me to be able to be motivated to um you know tap in more to 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 the richness you know and the wealth of my own culture you know and um being an adult is something that it seems as though I would have been more inspired to do long ago you know and i have been to some degree but um even more so today because i'm seeing now how through this pandemic that um you know uh, a lot of people have um have met different challenges and you know a lot of things that was available to us uh, are not so much available to us the way it was once before so i'm learning to um really take heed and take advantage not only of the tools and opportunities and accesses but also to be able to um you know take advantage of the fact uh, of just life in a whole you know i've had an unfortunate opportunity also of you know hearing and finding that there's a, you know a lot of people that i knew personally who has suffered from the covid and died in the pandemic and it gives you a greater appreciation for everything. So with this pandemic, it it shows me that um, you know we're 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 living in a new norm. You know we met with some new challenges and new obstacles, in which um, you know it's like it's a hands-on uh uh, uh thing. It's like uh on-the-job training. You know which we'll have to learn on the spot. You know how to how to kind of ad lib and how to kind of uh, uh, finagle things to make them work. You know to make them work so that we can benefit and we can um, progress. You know, and that we don't become uh, stagnated. You know, even during these times, and it's not easy because um, you know I know that um, these these are different times and sometimes depending on the mindset we can tend to get caught up in dealing with the frustrations that come with it you know and me myself personally i believe that is you know it's just a design of the enemy to try to try to discourage you you know to try to break you to try to uh uh help, allow you to be able to tap into to the areas of fear you know and none of these things are beneficial and to to uh to progressing to being uh 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 productive in the things that you you know you had set or had a desire or uh, or uh, uh, to do prior to the pandemic you know so um you know I try to try to keep a positive mindset and try to see this thing in as through a spiritual eye and not just the physical eye and give myself an opportunity to be see that um you know it's all in God's hands because you know not only at the end of the day but at the beginning of the day we have to realize that um we are subjected to to God's will regardless the creator and control of it all so you know, and this whole entire thing that's taking place with this COVID and with the pandemic is like, which I personally don't believe. It's not God's will for us, but I believe that because of maybe because of, you know, the evils of man and, you know, all, the, all of the wrong that's going on in the world. And all these people running around with the hardened hearts and the malice hearts and, you know, what once was good is now bad and what's now bad is now good and all these changes that we see. Um, I believe that, uh, you know, God will take this and he will use it for his glory and for our good. And that's only if we are able to be able to tap into it and see that God is in control, trust in him, have faith in him, that he will keep us, those of us in this time who understand that this may be redemption time, just a time for us to redeem, to be redeemed. For us to be able to repent for anything that we may have done wrong, you know, for our sins that we may be forgiven, you know, and that we may remain among the righteous, so that we are covered, and even during these times, just as in biblical times, when the, when when the plague hit, you know, and they covered the doorposts with the blood and and they prayed that uh. uh you know god uh covers them until his wrath is passed over, so it's basically just the same in these times we must may, remain among the righteous and just pray God's covering and God's blessing until this thing passes so um this is this is just uh my perception of how i I believe that um we can just uh uh you know have even you know. Uh, a more of an appreciation for what we're dealing with today and what we're up against, and then maybe we can take it and we can use it in a more beneficial way. Because I believe for us to be able to get caught up in the the the, the uh the other side as far as dealing in fear and be able to be stagnated by that, then I don't believe that there's you know, there's too many benefits. That will offer us uh uh you know product productivity. That will offer us uh uh you know even healthier, even happier, more prosperous uh, uh living, uh life. So when it comes to the virtual uh uh learning, um even me myself, I also have children and they are also um learning through the virtual uh, uh 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 accesses and I'm actually you know after hearing this, it kind of encouraged me that I'm doing the same thing with my children, so you know what I'm doing is i'm kinda of trying to you know implement some tools that I believe that's not only gonna help them you know with the educational side of things as far as like getting jobs and understand the uh you know the, the maybe the uh the math and stuff that will be needed uh you know even those other things that that what uh, uh society says they will need to be able to achieve uh uh you know through not only after following college to be able to you know uh uh you know have any success into the cor- in the corporate fields what i'm what i'm what i'm uh, i'm f- seeing is that there are other things, there are other lifestyle skills, there are other challenges that they're going to meet that they're going to have to know how to overcome, how to achieve, you know, in that, you know, in, in those uh, moments. And I believe that, uh, you know, yes, some of the tools that has, uh, that's actually not implemented in, 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 the, in the schools and then some of the things that I believe that uh, has been taken out of the schools, you know, even such as religion, you know, and even such as uh uh even like i said I'll go again and say even in the urban communities as far as those lifestyle skills that will help them deal with some of the challenges that they may they may meet um even in the urban communities, what I'm learning too uh you know we're working through the school systems with uh programs uh, you know such as conflict resolution i've done i've uh, been motivational speakers in in some of the schools and um I've also implemented um boxing and sports and activities in the school system and also working with you know the youth and stuff myself I see that you know yeah they they you know sometimes we have discussions and we have round tables and I'm finding that Um, you know, these challenges, uh, are not only real because they were real when I was a young kid and going to school, but they're also greater, you know? So, um, you know, we're going to have to implement some tools to be able to help them so that they have, you know, some knowledge of how to, how to deal with some of these conflicts, you know, how to overcome or how to, you know, not falling the traps of peer pressure and allowing their peers to substantiate who they are as a person. So yes, unfortunately, a lot of young men and women have uh, found themselves subjected to their peers, allowing them to substantiate who they are as a person because of the fact that they're falling in line with the things that they want them to do. Um, and this this in itself is is a key. Uh, um, um, area that we must focus on and can implement, you know, with our youth to help them to understand their uniqueness, to understand, uh, uh, their gifts and being unique, you know, and be, and being an individual who can say no, you know, who doesn't feel as though they have to allow others to lift them up or put them on pedestals because they're, um, you know they're saying uh, uh, yes when they want them to say yes, and in their heart they really want to say no because uh, they may have been brought up with uh, uh, you know good values, good moral standards, and been been taught um, how to uh, uh, not fall in the traps, you know, of the of their peers. But sometimes when it's when you're uh, met with those challenges, it's not as easy to say no. So, um, the, this is a key thing that um, can be um, implemented in the schools, and I believe that it will really help and bless many of our youth. Because, again, like I say, uh, me personally working in the school systems and working with at-risk youth, you know, I've I've been to a lot of funerals. Unfortunately, I've had the calls of a lot of family members. Mm-hmm who've uh, lost loved ones are uh, subject to gang violence, you know? So um, I believe that, yes, this is this is actually um, a good thing to look at. You know, it's a good topic to tap into because, it, you know, yes, it gives... You know each of our um our uh our, our young men and women regardless of their culture their background regardless of you know their race or religion it gives them an opportunity to have some other things that can inspire them some other things that can motivate them you know from their past and their culture you know and i and i i really um i really um believe in this i really i really really do because um as I say again, I have children, and um I'm really encouraged by hearing these you know these these testimonies from parents to implement these the same tools uh with my own children and actually, as of doing so, you know I'm seeing that um they're gravitating and uh, and and it's also kind of um kind of kind of inspiring to me, you know so again. I really would um, would like to hear, um, your take on this, and you know what do you think uh some of the things that we can implement to help our youth with this new norm, you know, and the new things they're they're being faced with with uh the virtual learning and the homeschooling, and actually uh, uh I believe that it yes a lot of those parents who are dealing with the other challenges as far as the stresses of it. You know, subject to it um kinda affecting their schedules because their schedules may be busy. Um, some who have to work and really don't have the time to uh you know, the um to help their their children the way they would actually like to. Maybe we can um you know, we can we can kinda propose some other tools that can help them. Because trust me, these are some times in which every idea we all have to come together and do whatever we can to help and service each other to make this time a better time a more easier time a less stressful time and like i say until this thing has passed over may god cover and keep us all may he cover and bless our youth and may he The God and the Creator and the Controller of it all. May He be pleased with us during these times. So, again, remain among the righteous, and as we always say, be blessed. Until next time, True Reveal.
0: You wait on, on me. Oh baby, please just wait on me.
1: Good evening, good evening, good evening. Welcome back to True Reveal. You know this is the podcast in which we try to keep it inspirating, motivating, and encouraging. I want to thank you for tuning in with us again. I want to say that I hope you had a very healthy, happy, and prosperous Christmas, and I pray a healthy, happy, and prosperous new year to come. I pray that you received all the gifts that you desired, and I pray that they were all for your good, that you may be blessed by them. Today, I want to speak a little bit about distractions. And with doing so, I want to share a personal experience of my own. Ah, uh, being the young man that God has blessed me to be today, I have a great passion and a love for servicing, and this is uh, servicing others—may be mentally, financially, emotionally, uh, uh, spiritually, or other. I'm often um, out feeding the homeless. I'm an outreach director in which I often help people in need, people who may be dealing with uh, you know, some lifestyle issues, or people who may just be dealing with some financial issues subject to bills they may be struggling with. And now during the pandemic, it's quite often that I find more people in this situation, so... I want to say that I am grateful that for 20 years now that God has blessed me with a heart of service. To be able to extend the service of love to others, maybe others in need, or just the act of love because it's who God has conditioned me to be. And it's something that I actually really love doing. So, I also wanna share this message because I know that there may be a lot of people out there just like me who share the same passion and actually possess the great gift for doing it. but I know that's subject to everything that's going on today with this covid thing that um it can it may have caused a lot of distractions some people may be feeling it pertaining to their own uh personal issues um financially uh or even in relationships or uh, may it be uh just picking up the stress of homeschooling with the children and trying to maintain keeping a job and possibly going to school at the same time so i want to um i want to say That I um, recently have um, found myself in a position where I felt as though, you know, I had to actually prove who I am as a person. And it's not really the first time. You know, this has happened occasionally. Because um, I also have a seniors program and a heart for serving the seniors. And I can remember going back to, I'll say, the year 2001 um, when I had my first experience with caring for a senior who wasn't not only a family member of mine but wasn't even a friend of mine. I met her um, going to visit a sister of mine who at the particular time when I went to visit was at a bingo hall. (laughs) And my sister, who's actually younger than me. You know, we're the only two in town, so upon going to see her, to check on her and make sure she was okay, um, I stumbled upon an old lady that was on her way inside the bingo hall, and it was late in the evening. It was actually getting dark, and after exiting my car, I noticed that she was, uh, you know, not only uh, had a walker, but she was trying to carry a few bags that she had, you know, and manage to walk her at the same time. So, you know, she was, uh, you know, it looked as if she was kind of struggling with it. So as I was walking up on her, although it was dark, you know, due to my awareness of not wanting to startle her, I kind of, you know, maintained a good distance and I made my presence known, asking her, did she need any help? So she paused for a minute, she stopped, and then, um, you know, she wasn't exactly sure of, you know, what was going on. I believe she was just still a bit uncomfortable because, um, you know, it was late in the evening again, and me walking, coming up from behind her, you know, she uh, was kind of, guess, startled by the whole situation. So me wanting to make her comfortable, I had to let her know that, um, you know... You know, I'm going in. I'll be going in uh, inside the bingo hall if you need help because I'm coming here to go see a sister of mine. You possibly know her. And once I mentioned my sister's name, she was familiar with my sister, and it kind of broke the barriers. It kind of made her feel a bit more comfortable. So she then uh, uh, gestured to me, sure, you can help if you like. And, you know, I took the bags and I helped her in. And once we got inside... You know, I help her make it over to a seat. We got her seated, and then afterward, I just uh told her that I would go over to the table. I spotted my sister to a far table that was uh uh at out a of, out of, um not too far distance from where she was sitting. So I walked over and um you know to speak to my sister, and I asked my told my sister about the um, the lady, the senior that I had helped in. And my sister tells me she says, yeah. I know the lady. We all call her Mama Lou. Says she's the lucky one in the house. She always wins. So I said, yeah. I said, "Um, you know, I told her that I knew you, that you were my sister. And she said that, um, you know, that, uh, yeah, she knew you. So after speaking to my sister, I got ready to leave. And as I was leaving, the old lady, Mama Lou, sent a young lady that was sitting next to her to catch me. And the young lady caught up with me outside the door, and she said, um, "Mama Lou wants me to um, to catch up to you. She wants to speak to you." When I came back in, I go to the table. She was handing me money first for helping her in, and I said, "No, I don't take money," you know. And then she asked me, um, "Did I want to sit down and play bingo?" You know, and she again she was gesturing with the money on the table as if I'll pay for your your stay. So I said, no, no, I'm okay. I don't play bingo. I said, I was just here to check on my sister. I said, um, are you okay, and will you be okay? Tonight we're leaving. She says uh, to me, um, why, you 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 come back and get me? You know, you'll give me a ride? So I said, sure. I said, so what time was the, was the bingo um, over? And she said it was at midnight. So I said, well, okay, sure. She told me that she normally catches an Uber, but I stated that I'll come back and get her. And I came back uh, midnight to pick up this old lady. And upon dropping her off at her home, I realized that she was actually living in the back of a used furniture storage place. Her son owned the place and he had her sleeping in the back. Now, at this particular uh, uh, time of year, it was pretty cold out. It was, uh, I say, the early part of December, and it broke my heart when I went in there and I seen the conditions of the place where there were used furniture and clothes piled up uh, as high as 10 feet all around the bed where she was sleeping, and there was a refrigerator right next to her. And it kind of, you know, it bothered me because I realized that she actually had to sleep with coats on and probably about five blankets to cover her up to, just to make her warm. So before leaving, I, I was, you know, wanted to make sure that she was okay and was everything was all right, and she stated, yeah, I'm okay. You know, so I said, I want to thank you for coming. And again, she tried to give me money, and I tell her, you know again I, I I don't take money, you know. My payment is received by God as long as he's pleased with my work. So I then asked her, um, um how are you how are you normally making it to the bingo hall? She tells me that she's normally making it by uh Uber as well. So I found that she was um going out the following day to the bingo that evening, and I told her I would come get her. And this act continued for months. And if it wasn't going to bingo, maybe twice a week or three times a week, because she was all retired retired um, senior, it was me going to pick her up and taking her out to pick up groceries or... Taking her to go take care of any bills or any other necessities, any other errands that she may have had to um had to run, but this relationship went on for years, and it was God's gift to me because little did she know i had I had a deep rooted uh, a deep rooted issue that I believe that I dealt with pertaining to my own grandmother and with me being a troubled kid and running the streets, I can remember um, hearing a story about my grandmother and how she loved me. I was the only boy out of four sisters and me, five kids, five siblings. And I hear I used to hear stories about how my grandmother showed me so much love. She spoiled me, and because I was the only boy, they used to tell me stories about how she used to... Wake me up four o'clock in the morning down deep south, and she would take me into the kitchen and feed me steaks and you know how I was just I was just her 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 heart. I always remember those stories and although I was a young kid at the time and I could kind of vaguely remember some of those incidences, it always stuck with me. So again, being a troubled guy and running the streets, I could remember being trapped in a reckless lifestyle or running the streets and uh, rebellious lifestyle. And I could remember hearing when she passed. I'm living in a city, New Jersey. She's living in Louisiana, and I wasn't able to make the trip. And it was more. It was more subjected to my lifestyle because i was running didn't realize at the time that i was actually running from myself so what happened was the following years after my grandmother's death i developed a deep sorrow a deep resentment resentment and a you know a, a, even a form of guilt Because of the fact that I felt like I wasn't able to be there at the service when the service took place at her funeral, so I believe that when I met this young, this old lady, senior, pardon me, she um she gave me the opportunity to recapture that relationship that I always wish I had with my grandmother. She gave me an opportunity to to connect and have a connection. And to actually be able to f- somewhat fill that void that I had from not being able to be there for my grandmother when she passed. And then I went on to understand with some of the most magical moments that I had spending time with this this old lady that it was actually a gift from God. And God gave me an opportunity to have another chance to see what it was like to be able to have that grandmother-grandson relationship. And it was not only uh, uh, (laughs) funny, but it was ironic that from about the second week that I hung out with the old lady, we were sitting in a Caribbean restaurant, and she would... uh, introduced me to the people at the restaurant because it was a restaurant of her choosing. I wasn't familiar with the restaurant. It was a rest- restaurant uh, that she o- she often uh, attended. And she introduced me as her grandson. And uh, I didn't expect this, but when she did, it gave me a great feeling of joy. And I was so happy when she did so. So again, from that day on... I looked at her as my grandmother, and she looked at me as her grandson, and we treated each other as such. So I ended up having a about a fourteen fifteen year relationship with this lady called Mama Lou until she had taken sick and her passing, and I'll say the year. 2015, and it was kind of traumatic for me, but I was actually grateful that God blessed me to be able to be there. I was able to do more than her own family did because she didn't have any family in town other than her son, and he was distracted by the lifestyle that he had. So I was able to be there and found later on that when the service came, when her funeral service came up, that she had a multitude of family, but they all were from different states or different countries because she was a woman of Guyana descent. So I realized at that moment that... I was not only blessed to have the relationship, but I was blessed to have another opportunity to be there at the service because that was a regret of mine, not being able to be there for my grandmother's service. So I learned with this not to allow distractions, not to allow any distractions to keep me From fulfilling the joy that I believe God wants me to have. Because I realized that it can also become a distraction. uh, From my calling or my destiny. And today the person that I am. I believe in purpose. I believe in calling. I believe in destiny. So I realized that when I was in the streets and I was running. I was actually... In my own way. In creating my own distractions. I was somewhat like. The story you hear. With the lady in the church. And she tells the pastor. That. She's thinking about. Leaving the church. After being an a, a honored member. Of the church. For about 15 years. She tells the pastor that she's distracted. By all the gossip in the church. All the backbiting. And all of the negativity that she felt was taking place in the church. And she was fed up with it and was thinking of considering leaving the church. And what the pastor asked her to do was to take a glass of water, fill it up to the brim. And then he wanted her to walk around the church with it. And he asked her to do this during service. So she walked around the church with the glass of water. As the pastor stood in the back of the church. And when she came back. To the rear end of the church. And stood before the pastor. He asked her. He said. What did you see? As you walked around the church. She said nothing. I was too busy keeping my eyes on this water. So it wouldn't waste. (laughs) And that story I love. Because what it showed me. As I look at it with a spiritual eye, it shows me that that was the living water, and had she been distracted, she could have subjected herself to thro- being thrown off track from her calling or her destiny, or being uh, uh, um um. Placed on a a, a a road a track in which she wasn't supposed to be on, she could have left. And and because of those uh, distractions, selected another church that possibly maybe she wasn't supposed to have even been a part of. And sometimes those distractions can dis- can can take us away from our calling. They can take us away from our destinies. So, you know, I'm sharing this message to all of my listeners to say, don't be distracted by the things around you. Don't be distracted by the things that you'll see or you'll witness with the physical eye. But look at the things that you can benefit and profit from with the spiritual eye. So keep your eyes on the living water. Which is God Himself, our Lord and Savior. This I pray for you all. And I pray that this story that I shared blesses you just as much as it has blessed me. Because today, because of this perception of things, I decided to keep my eyes on the living water that I may be guided and not distracted that I may prosper and live a life that is intended for me from a God of love, which is joy, peace, happiness, and prosperity. I wish the same for you and all my listeners. Thank you for allowing me to share. And until next time, true reveal.